global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are higher this morning with equities on course for their longest streak of weekly gains since November. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures up four and a half points. Dow E-mini futures up 38. NASDAQ E-mini futures up eight and a half. The DAX in Germany is down a quarter percent. Ten-year Treasury up one thirty seconds. The yield 1.89 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.84 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 1.7 percent or 67 to $40.87 a barrel. Comex gold down 1% or $12.80 to $12.52.30 an ounce. The euro $1.1277, the yen 111.44. Tiffany, the luxury jewelry retailer, giving a forecast for earnings this year that trailed analyst estimates as the sluggish global economy damps sales. Shares have turned lower this morning. They're down about half percent right now after being higher earlier. Adobe Systems is up almost 7% after it reported profit that topped analyst estimates as more customers signed up for its cloud-based services. Freeport Macmoran up 1.8%. Alcoa climbing at least 9 tenths percent this morning, signaling commodity producers will rally for a third day. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen Moscow, thank you very much. Well, we've been talking about uh, the fact that it may snow on the first day of spring, but uh, we are not, we have not been overwhelmed by snow this year. We have uh, actually had a very warm year, the warmest year in many years, well, ever in 2015, and it looks like 2016 is on the same track. February, the, the global temperature just shot up, and that shocked climate scientists. Michael Lewis is head of sustainable finance research at Deutsche Asset Management. His job is to watch all this stuff and figure out how it affects your investments going forward. Uh, Michael, um, it's pretty hard to deny that uh, there are going to be a lot of impacts from the warming of the world. Yes, I think what's sort of interesting is a lot of things come together at, at, at this time, and one of them is obviously technology. So cost curves in uh, renewable uh, sectors such as wind or solar is coming down, becoming much more competitive with sort of fossil fuels. We've also got a lot of regulation in this area when we're talking about um, the Paris Climate Agreement as well to try and combat these sorts of issues. And finally, we've got a massive divestment theme as well, where a lot of um, foundations, uh, universities are coming out of fossil fuels. So all of this is wrapped into this sort of climate change agenda, and a lot of countries are, are going to have to sort of uh, face those challenges and also a number of companies as well to assess the climate risks that we as investors face in holding a number of these sort of equity holdings. Well, let's uh, take a look at some of these. Uh, the, the first and most obvious uh, physical risks, we've uh, heard a lot of talk about rising oceans and stronger storms. This is, uh, puts insurance companies, obviously, in the crosshairs, um, but uh, other companies as well. Yes, that's right. And I think this is one of the things that uh, certainly in the UK and the, and the central bank here has been sort of looking at the channel of risks. And obviously the most obvious ones we see are rising sea levels. And from a corporate or a sovereign point of view, I think there are certain countries which are – Japan is a good example of a high areas of population at very low sea levels. Um, Australia and um, New Zealand could be other countries which are particularly vulnerable from a drought perspective and uh, the reliance of those economies on, on agriculture. But then there are also the ideas of liability risk as well. So there could be 
be a sense very much like asbestos in the building materials sector where there was yeah. a lot of um, subsequent compensation claims. This could be something that um, energy companies and fossil fuel companies may be faced with because right. of the damages that those pose. Michael, wonderful to talk to you. I want to back up here, folks, and, and, and make uh, a statement on how appropriate and important the shift is of Michael Lewis. And to remember, folks, this is not – did you get a check for the big short – did they send you a check for the movie, oh. The Big Short? No? Oh, you've clearly... No, no, that wasn't me, I'm afraid. Very common name. Yeah. Well, no, but Michael Lewis, and this is Michael Lewis... I know. This is Michael Lewis at Deutsche Bank, not uh, the Michael Lewis we talked to on finance. And, uh, Michael, you know, to, to remind people, you did foreign exchange for years, and then you built arguably the best commodity platform in the world. And now, Folkerts Landau and your team have you overdoing climate change. What rigor of research do you want to bring to this effort? I look at the Paris uh, meetings, which I attended, and what took me back was a new adultness to the debate. What adultness do you want to bring to the analysis? Well, I think what we want to do is just to sort of highlight that now we're at quite a critical juncture. I mean, I joined commodities in 2003, and there was a very compelling story of China and India and the dollar and underinvestment, and I think there's a very powerful sense now that uh, we are faced with huge challenges in this area. And obviously, uh, this is this traded by the importance of Michael Bloomberg as part of this effort to, to deliver much more clear information to people on the risks that we face. And I think it's the enormous amount of information out there and also the incredible amount of terminology, which is very difficult for people to understand. There's a huge barrier right. of entry to, for people to really get up to understand it. And I think that's what we right. want to break through and sort of look at this, not just as sort of an equity story, but it's a sovereign bond story. It's the greening of the financial system. So this is a massive issue for China in its G20 year this year. It's to really right. spread this out. And I think in the in the past, I think a lot of people have looked at greening and as a bit of a luxury good. It's a nice thing to have, but it can't, we can't really afford it. I think now the issue is that right. we cannot afford not to have it, and I think this is what we're rolling out here at uh, Deutsche Bank. You mentioned barriers to entry. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada just entered the room. What would be your counsel to Prime Minister Trudeau to help Canada adapt, and particularly adapt as a resource-rich nation? Well, I think this is one of the major challenges because if you're looking at equity market valuations and certainly market capitalization by country, Canada does stand out and certainly the UK as well has a lot of listed companies. So it is to try and uh, change that sort of uh, moving away from kind of the oil company to the more energy company so that sort of the renewable side of things. Um, and I think that that may well be something that uh, a lot of governments around the world are trying to sort of transform those sorts of energy systems. Um, and uh, I think if you're looking at sort of the league tables of sort of countries around the world, Canada ranks up relatively well, but uh, it's really China and the U.S. that lead, that lead the world in terms of clean, clean energy technology and trying to roll that out, and particularly China. Um, uh, so I think there may well be lessons from other parts of the world that uh, Canada can learn from. But uh, there is a, a high degree of, of risk there because of, of the, the, the composition of that economy. I know companies have, uh, many companies have started to focus on this in their business planning. Scientists were taken aback by how rapidly the globe warmed in the month of February. H have companies recognized that things are perhaps moving faster than anticipated? I think that probably we're seeing a lot of 
I, I would put in terms of the curve of who's who's advancing on this kind. Of, I mean, social media and the asset owners; they, these people are, are very much aware of the changes. We're also seeing sort of banks responding. My sense would be that corporates are probably a little bit behind these other players within the market, uh, and I, and I think it's uh, it's up to uh, you know us in research and other players to sort of uh, inform that that entire community. Um, but so far, really, the leading sort of areas from from a investment point of view has become has come from the asset owners. Um, so whether it's the sort of the, the Swedish pension funds or, or the Dutch, it's very common within that Scandinavian region uh, and exclude a lot of companies from their portfolios which have very high shares of power production that's coming from coal uh, and other sort of dirty fossil fuels and trying to rebalance that and have a much, power, much more powerful strategy of, of bringing in renewable energy into those sort of, sorts of investment portfolios. And we also see it obviously in the U.S. as well, such as Calsters. So this thing is really gathering momentum from the investor community and the asset owners. And I think corporates will are coming up to speed with this process that this isn't that this is something that they need to uh, address. How uh, how quickly is this going to become the issue? Do you think? Uh you know, it, it, for the for the planet, it's obviously the issue, but it doesn't rank front and center with most investors or uh, ordinary people yet. No, I mean, I think that the change really is Paris. So, if you look at Kyoto, which was the last climate agreement, that covered not many countries and only covered about eleven percent of global emissions. Now, you had a, a deal at the end of last year which covered one hundred and ninety six countries which was equivalent to sort of 90, over 95% of global emissions. So you can see that event, I think, has been uh, the real trigger. The, the problem now is obviously Europe and a lot of governments over this side of the, the, the world are, are wrapped up with a huge other sort of political crisis such as the refugee crisis, and that is, is, in, uh, is a potential here that that could sort of delay that momentum. I don't think it will, but uh, there are a lot of things on the plate here, but I think that, that agreement in Paris really was an enormous tipping point, and it's been followed by a, a huge amount of other tipping points. Right. When you just look at the divestment programs, these are all accelerating. So it is coming quite fast, and I think right. by the end of this year, you'll have much more information from companies disclosing information on this. There's mandatory laws now in France that uh, will be forcing uh, um, asset managers to reveal the, the carbon print of their portfolio. Right. So I think this, this is quite a, a – this from Paris, I think things are going to accelerate very rapidly. We need to continue this conversation. Michael Lewis is with Deutsche Bank uh, working in sustainable uh, research. Michael Lewis, uh, on commodities and climate change, he's currently head of sustainable finance research at Deutsche Bank Asset and Wealth Management. That was uh, terrific. We might point out, as Mr. Lewis – uh, mentions, uh, Michael Bloomberg. He is the majority owner of, uh, Bloomberg LP and of this radio station, uh, as well, and was a big part of the Paris meetings of Mayor Hidalgo, uh, with the mayors of, uh, this global, uh, world. This after, uh, what is snow? Snow in March coming up, Mike? Yes. Snow. Some sort of snow. Of some type. Another hour of Bloomberg surveillance. <laughs> 